Top of the morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Post Post Podcast. With me, as always, is my co-host, Chris Ronan. Uh, I, I felt like I, I did something wrong there. Like, no, I, that was all right. That was that, decent. Is that cultural appropriation for me? Oh, God. Are you going to get into that? Yeah. Starting off early? Starting oh, off boy. early. Yep. Are you doing anything for St. Patrick's Day next week? No. No? no. Nothing? Boston, we have the St. Patty's Day Parade, and that is going to be a shit show. Yeah, it's the first one in like three years now because of COVID, I think. Yep. Yeah, 2021 and 2022 both got canceled, so yep. it's going to be nuts, man. It's going to be wild. I'm not going to that. Nope. That's amateur hour. But nope. uh, Thursday, I actually uh, just started doing a pickup skate with the Stinky Sox guys that I like. Uh, I signed up for the Boston's Best Tournament that you've brought up before on the show. Mm-hmm. So I'll be doing that the first, the second weekend of April. Um, and I think I do want to keep skating with the guys on Thursday and you know getting a nice rhythm with those guys. That's awesome. But uh, they like to go over to... Uh, Dorset Hall, which is right around the corner from the Dorchester Rink, and we had quite a few Guinnesses last night. It was nice, and uh, I I think I'm going to do the same thing next week as long as the skate's still on. <laughs> Love Guinness, man, so good, so good. I'm drinking drinking Guinness tonight. I'm wearing my Guinness jersey, boys. Like that's what's up. Just ready to go. You're Guinness out. Up. Yeah, I like Guinness on tap. Same thing. Tastes exactly the same out of you the think can. so? Hundred percent. The bottle maybe not, but the can. Oh yeah. I don't know. It's Smash it, it, dude. So good. Everyone, everyone, everyone's different. Um, well, I was gonna say you, you, you texted me. He goes, "Dude, you're doing Boston Best Tournament," and I'm like, "I'm trying. I don't have a team yet. I've been yeah. wanting to go." Uh, there's a few guys on my team that are interested, but they're on the fence too. And I'm like, "Well, it's different as a goalie. I can easily con- contact Sticky Sox and be like, I'm a free agent goalie.'" Yeah, you should see. On. There might be a team that needs one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, if uh, are you around on the weekend for me? Like, if I can't. Get a babysitter for Emmer. Maybe you can come and cover one of my skates for the guys. Oh, maybe. The yeah. Tourney. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Cool. This is what it is. But let's dive Let's dive into it here. We have a few signings, and uh, we have a player that we've been wanting to talk about. And uh, I guess we'll start off with the signings first. Uh, we have Kraken signed Jared McCann to a five-year extension with 25 mil, which is 5 mil AAV. McCann has 22 goals and 12 assists in 52 games, uh, playing with the Kraken this season. Uh, we have the Maple Leafs signing Kyle Clifford to a two-year extension with 1.5 mil, which is 762 AAV. He's got two assists in 10 games so far. Uh, and then lastly, we have the Flyers signing Rasmus Ristolainen to a five-year contract with 25.5 mil, which is 5.1 uh, AAV. He's got two goals and two assists in 50 games played this season. Uh, biggest weird thing for me here is the uh, Kyle Clifford signing. Uh, he's only played 10 games so far. This is his first season, by the way, with uh, the Maple Leafs, and he's only got two assists in the 10 games he's played so far. I don't know. It feels like weird to me to give him an extension. Well, he's not that kind of guy. Like you're not you're not looking at Kyle Clifford to be putting the puck in the back of the net. He's the kind of guy that'll beat the brakes off you. I remember when he was on the LA Kings, he was, you know, taking care of business. Eighty games in 2014-15 season, he's only put up 15 points. You know, yeah, uh, 87 penalty minutes. So like that's where he's really making a mark. He's uh, he's there to protect your big guys. And I mean, they have Wayne Simmons, but he's getting up in age. So a two year extension for him is uh, is a good sign. I think that'll that'll take care of uh, the Maple Leafs going forward for mm-hmm. at least the next couple of years. But yeah, that guy's that guy's a tough sob. That guy will beat the brakes off of you and me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one I wanted to jump back to is uh, Jared McCann. Really, really stepping his game up this season with the Seattle Kraken. Uh, I'm just pulling up the line combinations for them too. He is actually playing on the. 
Uh, Jesus, he's not. I'm on the St. Louis Blues, that's why. Um, anyways. <laughs> he's playing for the credit. Uh, he's got 34 points this season. Uh, last season he had 32, but he's really putting the puck in the back of net this time around. 14 goals the last two seasons. This year he's got 22 goals. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just trying to pull up the Seattle Kraken uh, page here to see where he's playing, who he's line mates with. Did Kraken ever fix their website? Uh, we, we've stopped using team websites for the NHL especially because they do not update stats like, if you want to look up stats, Hockey DB, sometimes Hockey Reference, but never go to an NHL. They just never do it. They, they, they never do it. And when the Kraken first came out as a team, when the uh, season just started, I was on there just to look at, like, rosters and everything, and it wasn't, like, up to date. It was, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't checked back on the uh, the NHL websites. I don't usually use those. Yeah. I'm big on Hockey DB and big on um – Daily face-off, but the, the site gets a little slow here, so mm-hmm. I'll, uh, I'm going to keep digging for a little bit here. Okay. <clears throat> Want to jump back while I hop into the next uh, subject we get? All right, so uh, we want to talk about him for a while, and uh, a buddy of ours, Alex, who listens in, uh, asked us to talk about him. I'm like, you know what? This week's going to be the week we talk about him. And it's Jason Robertson. Uh, he scored his first career hat trick versus Winnipeg in OT for a 4-3 win. That goal was his 97th point in his 100th career game. Uh, then he got back-to-back hat tricks after playing Minnesota Wild a few days later and scored another one. Uh, becomes the first Dallas Star player to record back-to-back hat tricks. It was also his 100th NHL point in 101 NHL games played. He gained first star of the week with the seven goals, two hat-tricks, and the three games played for the week. In 48 games played this season, Robertson has 29 goals, 25 assists, and 54 points so far. He leads the team in goals, tied for second in assists, next to Miro Heiskanen, and is second in points. Joe Pavelski leads with 37 assists and 59 points, but has also played eight more games than Robertson this season. Um... Pavelski, jump right into that. Uh, just signed a one-year contract extension worth 5.5 mil. Um, Jason Robinson, hot trophy candidate? Um, yeah, I think so. I think point production-wise, uh, I think there's a lot of better options around the league when it comes to the heart, but mm-hmm. he definitely is, you know, the MVP for the Dallas Stars locker room. You know what I mean? Right. So. Um, just what they're getting out of him is insane. He, he's only played three games in 2020, and he played half a season last year, 51 games. Um, actually, last year was the the shortened season, right? Shortened season, yeah. So he, play, he played the entire season last season, uh, ended up with 45 points, and this year he's got 54. So he's on pace, and I, I hear this guy is just a sponge. He's just, like, soaking it all in, learning from these uh, these veteran leaders with, right. like, Jamie Benn and um, Joe Pavelski, you know, Radulov, Sagan, all those guys. Right. Like, the Stars are, uh, like, sneaky good. They're one of those teams that I think, like, could get in and, and upset if they can end up making it in in time, you know? Mm-hmm, right. Because that, that division is insane right now. <sighs> Jason Robinson's just just solid. If you actually go to his hockey DB and look at, like, the teams he's played for, it's, like, a handful. That's it. And then you look at the stats that he's played for, and – I don't know. Are you, are you on him right now? There's a team that he played for for ECHL or something like that where there's like 45 games played and he had like just that amount in goals and like assists. 
Um, what's the team's name, dude? Yeah, he's in the OHL in 2016-17 for the Frontenacs in uh, yep, Kingston. Yep. But he was young then. He's a 99 born, so yep. that's like 18 years old on, on oh. the dot. Uh, 81 points in 68 games. That's like huge. That's, that's massive. Uh, so this guy is like just bred and like ready for the NHL, and we're definitely seeing it here. Uh, I think he's making a splash now for the people who really pay attention to the NHL, especially Dallas Stars fans. He's making a splash, but uh, also kind of hidden, I guess. Yeah. Like when Connor McDavid was having a splash in Edmonton, everyone knew about it. Uh, Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, and his Jason Robinson just. Let just letting him do his thing, and he's he's getting it done, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, 100%. so uh, be on the lookout for Jason Robertson uh, again. Uh, Joe Pavelski is leading the team right now, but he's also played eight games more than him uh, so far this season. So uh, be on the lookout for him to catch up to that, and it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, the other the other aspect that might dip into his point production is Miro Heiskanen uh, diagnosed with mononucleosis too, so right. uh, just a, another quick touch up on Dallas. But jumping back to Seattle, uh, McCann's actually centering the second line with uh, Marcus Johansson and um, Jordan Eberle. Uh, these guys are putting up numbers, but their plus minus is atrocious, dude. Uh, dash 23 for Johansson and um, dash 22 for Jared McCann. Um, Jordan Eberle, like He's really stepped it up, though. 34 points for Jared McCann and 34 points for Jordan Eberle for uh, point production. So mm. definitely cool to see. 21 for Johansson, so it's really uh, running through Eberle and McCann, I think. So just thought awesome. I'd uh, touch touch up on that real quick. Uh, another touch-up that we have, uh, well, touching up, I guess. Uh, we have the Hurricanes. We have Shvechnikov. He was filmed practicing on ice an hour after his game ended where he scored the OT game winner, and that's what you call elite. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, too, I think that might have been after a back-to-back, too. I think they played the night before as well. But uh, this guy's going to be the next Yarmir Yager, the way he's putting in the time, getting on the ice and just not getting off, you know? I didn't realize he'd go back on the ice, though. Like, I thought there was, like, a bus that was just like, hey, you got to be on the bus at a certain time. Yeah, it depends. Like, if there's a... if the game ended at ten o'clock at night, like, and they're not flying out right away, they have the day off tomorrow. Maybe the flies, the flights tomorrow, and they can oh, go out yeah. and use the practice rink if they want to. It's funny to see him out there in shorts too. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and just kind of ripping it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just like I'm, I'm watching him, and he makes it seem like so easy. But at the same time, I, don't know, I mean, player and goalie for the NHL. I, I was just thinking like how dead I would be at the end of a game where yeah. like the thought of an hour after getting off that ice, I would go back out there and just practice. And our game's only an hour. Their game's three hours. Like you know three I mean? hours. That's yeah. crazy, just right? insane. Just insane. And it looks so casual what he's doing, but he's really honing in, working on his shot. Like he's not he's not really doing edge work stuff there, but uh, you know, all day long and practicing during the games, he's focusing on the, the right. skating, the footwork, and that's kind of just like a casual, like, you know, clear my head. It's probably like a wow, that was, like, you know, a way for him to, like, live the moment a little bit after scoring that OT winner and get out there and be like, wow, that was awesome, you know? Oh, maybe, yeah. Yeah, it's sick. It, it's it's that type of stuff where you really see we, – we talked about the steps and difference you, you've seen between, like, NHL and AHL guys. Now you're in the NHL, you're in the top. Now you're seeing difference between just players in that league. Like, Sveshnikov is, like, a step above, like, a – bunch of other guys you know yeah 100 percent, and that's what will maintain that gap for him too is him putting in the extra hours the extra time and you know honing in on his craft mm-hmm. uh, more carolina news uh dad tweets at ian cole about donna's teeth 
A dad on Twitter under the name Moose a Million tweeted to Hurricanes Ian Cole saying, My daughter lost her front tooth today and was freaking out because she has autism and can't handle change. He then stated, uh, sorry, then he stated to help her calm down. He showed her a picture of Ann Cole missing teeth, and it worked that she loves showing off her missing tooth now. Ann Cole responded, I love the look. Obviously, all the cool kids are doing it now. Uh, she looks tough as nails, and then went on to have her set up with a jersey and thanked her father for reaching out. I, uh, I love that tweet. I love, the, I love how he was just like, yeah, Ann Cole, I'm going to use uh, your toothless face and help my daughter out. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's that funny cool. that she... Uh you know, put two and two together there and connected and, you know, felt a, a little more acceptable yeah, of it right. when mm-hmm. a grown man in the in the NHL is uh, walking around like that. You Just know what I mean? Just yeah. <laughs> wild. Wild to me. But, like, I, I don't know. If I were in the NHL and I'm missing teeth, like, I don't know if I would pay to get them done until I was, like, you know, I'm, just my done. career's done, yeah. you know, because you're going to get I'm done again, get knocked, knocked out, out again. again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anything can happen to me and the way the pucks ride up sticks and – deflections and all that stuff you know it's not not pucks either it's like sticks too it can come up in your face anything yeah i almost lost my two front teeth in high school from uh, a hockey stick oh really yeah when i was skating playing around on a pond my buddy went to backhand it and uh i was like chasing behind him to play defense trying to get a stick lift and the way he backhanded he like followed through with it and just like it was nuts honestly like my mouth was open the way that I was like chasing him down, breathing, and I got literally like the toe of the blade just doink right oh. on the two teeth. The blood everywhere was terrible. I was like, Jesus, Jesus, thought I was losing them. <laughs> yeah, brutal. Um, <clears throat> we'll hop on to Arizona news here. Uh, I think I have maybe more on this here. So the Arizona versus Senators. Arizona won eight to five, and the Coyotes owe Nick Schmaltz a nice steak dinner. He carried that team with seven points that game, two goals, and five assists. Those seven points were the most in franchise history, most by, most by an NHL of this season, and hasn't happened since February 12th of 2012 when Edmonton's Sam Gagne put up eight points in a single game. Uh, a story like this is probably going to be – we're going to have a – I want to say like another handful of these throughout this episode here, but – uh, wow, Nick Schmoltz. It's like it's like a random stat that you're just like, oh, that didn't. I didn't realize that didn't happen like for as many years as it was. That's ten years ago now. I'm thinking about it. Not nuts. Yeah, to put up eight points in a game. That is a lot, though. And I think honestly, like the way the league's going, it seems like five to three is like the new NHL score. Like where like three to two and and like four to two used to be at like. I think five to three is becoming like the new average, like eight goals per game. Yeah, uh, a lot of these games are, are high scoring, and uh, yeah, I, I think like in the future you're going to see a lot more of these records get snapped. But seven points in one night, hats off to you. That's nuts. A lot of a uh, lot of assists too. Five assists. I wonder how many of them were primary and how many were secondary. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, um, staying on that though, Kessel uh, in in Arizona. Did you see that news about his uh, his baby? Oh yeah. So Kessel actually had to leave after his first shift. That was Arizona at Detroit. And he had to f- fly back to Arizona to be there for the birth of his first child, Capri Mary Kessel. Mm-hmm. And um, congrats to him, obviously. But that's nuts. Just so he can maintain the Ironman streak, he makes sure to fly to Detroit, play a shift, fist bump all the boys, and then fucking get out of I'm there. out of here. And then that same night, they ended up scoring nine goals, which was the most in franchise history. Uh, as you mentioned, they put up eight the night before. And 17 goals in two games. Fucking crazy. That's that's a lot of goals. Just um, wicked funny, too. Biz commented on it and said from the top rope, uh, spread them out a bit, boys, you know? <laughs> Not looking so hot on the, on the records, but putting so, up a ton of goals. I did a bit of a deep dive on this. Um, so what I want to say to Phil Kessel especially is to make the story even crazier, back in 2006, 
at the age of 19 and about to start his NHL career with the Boston Bruins after going fifth overall in the draft. Kessel found out he had testicular cancer after finding a lump on one of his testicles. The cancer was found early, and the surgery to remove it was a success, where he only missed 11 games before returning to the NHL. Ever since, Phil has been an advocate for the cancer awareness, and in 2018, the Prevent Cancer Foundation awarded him with the Excellence in Cancer Awareness Award. <clears throat> Testicular cancer is the most common cancer in men's ages 15 to 35, but when detected and treated early, it's usually curable. Uh, congrats to Phil and his wife uh, on the baby. Uh, that was awesome to see. Um, yeah, I, as soon as I saw this post and I was doing the notes, I was like, that's right, Boston Bruins, man. Like, he had, like, the whole testicular cancer and everything. Like, that's that's massive that he has a baby now, you know? Yep, it's crazy. Yep. Like, if, if it did get, like, what's what I'm trying to say? It's just, like, uh, if he didn't catch it right away, like, there is – there was a chance that like he would have never had a baby with his wife, you know. Wow. Like so what? What year did you say that was? Was that 07 or 09? Uh, what did I have it on in my notes here? That was 06. 06. Wow. Okay. 19. Yeah. So it was 19 years old. He ended up missing games again after that because his Ironman streak started in 09. Because I was gonna say that would be nuts if like those 70 games that would put him ahead of ahead uh, the other guys, you know. And yeah. that's since his Ironman streak started in 09. Uh, he did play in the AHL in 07, and, like, this doesn't give me exact dates for when he was down, but, like, that's another, let's let's call it 150 games that he could add on to that Ironman streak. He could be the guy leading the league if it wasn't for the time that he missed. That's fucking you know what I mean? nuts. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think the time that he missed was due to this testicular cancer that, sna- that like, right. separated his Ironman streak, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying in general, like, that's general. crazy. He could be the Ironman leader. <laughs> that's crazy right? to think yeah. about. Yeah. Holy shit. No wonder he doesn't want to miss another game, you know? Right, he's like, don't want to keep this going. For real. Unbelievable. Um, oh, yeah, you want to do this for us? Uh, move on to Detroit here? Yeah, so uh, the stats we just told you about were Arizona at Detroit. And then uh, same week, actually, Detroit tweeted out a, a nice tweet to their player, Danny DeKaiser, and said happy birthday to him. And same day, they told him, enjoy waivers, bud. <laughs> Savagery, dude. I, it's just like a disconnect between where the team is, is going and... And the PR team, you know what I mean? PR team is probably just like, it's his birthday, we're just going to tweet out happy birthday. Right. Regardless, they don't even think about like what's going on. And then like the team's like, yeah, we're done with that guy, yeah. actually. So yeah. we can uh, untweet that. That'd be great. Just thought that was a funny Why are we seeing this more and more? I feel like every week we have some kind of bullshit news about like a player finding out that he was on waivers through like a tweet. You know? Well, he he didn't necessarily find out that way, but it was just ironic that yeah, yeah, the yeah, same yeah, day yeah, they were yeah, like, yeah. happy birthday, and then right. see ya, you know? Happy um, birthday. See you later. Another cool little note, too. Edmonton at Chicago. This was funny to see two old teammates uh, from the Chicago dynasty going at it. Uh, there was a ceremonial puck drop in Chicago, and Duncan Keith and Jonathan Taves are doing the ceremonial faceoff, and then they start jawing at each other and, like, really bumping each other trying to win the puck. I thought it was funny to see. Can I go back to when you said Chicago dynasty? So the last episode we po- we we posted, uh, we were talking about how many Stanley Cups the Chicago Blackhawks have won. And... I did not really specify what the hell we're talking about because I talked about 2010 and after that. Like, I was talking about, like, all the Stanley Cups, like, the Chicago Blackhawks won as a franchise. We were talking about just 2010 and after that because we got a few comments after that. They were just like, dude, you guys have no idea what you're talking about. Well, you didn't. You completely shot me down. Which you're right. But it's it's just like I I wasn't talking about, like, 
every Stanley Cup the Chicago Blackhawks won. It was no, just but, 2010 and after. Yeah, and, and you completely shot it down. You said, no, they didn't get three. Right. And they did. And they did. So that that's the dynasty I'm talking about. I'm not yeah, talking yeah. about the dynasty of the entire organization. I'm talking about right. after 2010 as well. Right. I'm just saying people are just like, dude, they won way more than fucking what you think three Stanley Cups. I'm like... Yeah, but we're talking about 2010 yeah. and after. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was talking about the, yeah, that core group, but yeah, those two guys uh, were, were a big part dusted. of it. Yeah. yeah, as we should. Yep. <laughs> as we should. Uh, Montreal here, too. 7-5-0 and under Marty St. Louis as the new head coach, so that's really good to see. Cole mm-hmm. Caulfield really stepping his game out, feeling uh, feeling himself a bit, putting up some per- point production. You got anything on Makes that? I want to go back to Bruce Boudreaux, see what he's doing with Vancouver. I didn't really look that up, but... Uh, after you said that, I was like, kind of want to go back and uh, see how uh, the big caboose Bruce is doing. Yeah, in their last ten, they're eight two and zero. They're on a three game win streak. Uh, they are still technically outside of the playoffs. They have sixty four points. They could chase down the Oilers, but I mean, the way that they're doing the playoffs this year, for the listeners that don't know, um, they're doing the top three teams from each division, and then across the conference, the next two best teams with points. So right now, the Avs, Blues, and Wilds are all in. Um, the Predators and Stars have 70 and 67 points. And then in the Pacific, the Flames, Knights, and Kings are all in. And that would put the Predators and Stars into the playoffs. So it would be five teams from the Central and only three teams from the Pacific. And they would just do them like one through eight. That's how they would play each other, I think. But I thought that was very interesting to see. Um, yeah. So the Oilers and Canucks are both on the outside looking in right now, looking at uh, you know competing with the Predators and the Stars. But... I think uh, I think there's there's a chance there's possibility they're catching up, but they may have dug themselves too deep of a hole at the beginning of the season, dropping those games in in Vancouver. Right. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Rangers news, we have Igor Shesterkin. Carly has the second highest single season save percentage in NHL history, not even franchise, just history altogether with a point nine four two save percentage, only behind Jacques Plante, who had a point nine four four in nineteen seventy nineteen seventy one. To give an idea of where Shesterkin is at, Carey Price was given the Hart Trophy back in 2015 for putting up a 1.96 GAA and a .933 save percentage. And Shesterkin currently has a 1.93 GAA and .942 save percentage. Uh, Possible Vesna and Hart candidate. Uh, He's currently fourth in wins with a 28-6-3 record. Uh, Shesterkin's been absolutely on fire this season. Two teams we just don't cover enough, man. The Capital, I'm sorry, the Hurricanes and the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Those two teams are like so hot, and we just haven't really talked about kind them. I feel like the them, Rangers yeah. came out of nowhere. I think they were like at the beginning of the season, kind of on the outside looking in. We were like, damn, this is going to be a tough rebuild for the Rangers. But the young guns have stepped up. Keandre Miller's looking really good there. Reeves is fitting in well. Uh, Artemi Panarin stepping up big time. And then the Hurricanes, man, they're obviously a wagon, but I didn't realize how far ahead they are. They got six points on the next closest team, which is the Pittsburgh Penguins. So mm-hmm. same same amount of points as the Florida Panthers. Um, so they kept their foot oh, on the wow. gas from the beginning of the season when they were both on the, uh, uh, what was it, not a uh, not a winless streak, the uh, um, unbeaten in regulation unbeaten. streak. Yep. That's what it was, yeah. So very very cool to see. Uh, I did not expect the Rangers to be in the playoffs, personally. Good for Shuster. I'm glad they Put are, the though. team on his back. He's yeah. going to be the next Henrik Lundqvist and do nothing with his career, but have, like, crazy good numbers. Hank <laughs> <laughs> came close. Close? Until, doesn't count. Until Martinez. Close does not count. Close does not count. You're but it right. gets you a, a sick guitar. <laughs> sick guitar and pads. I'll give him that. <laughs> I don't know. Poor guy. You can only do so much. He's not scoring. Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. You can be the best goal in the world. Put up a zero goal. Uh, let up zero goals. Shut them all out. But you can't win the game that can't way. Win the game. 
trying to think who would. Monty Bordeaux could probably do it. What? Give me the puck. I'll fucking fly. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want to do this next? Oh, is this a... Uh... Oh, kill my car. That's right. That's what I want to do. That's what I'm looking for, too. I have this in my notes somewhere. And here we go. That's why we type them up. This is why we type them up. But here we go. This is not how tonight went. But... Uh... We're going to jump into Avalanche. Kill McCarr is currently the best offensive defenseman in NHL history. He recorded 159 points in his first 155 games, which is the most ever by a defenseman in NHL history. It is currently at an 82-game pace of 32 goals, 67 assists, and 99 points for this season. He is another player on fire that I feel like we maybe talked about a handful of times so far this season, but he's doing a hell of a job. Yeah, I think he's he's the guy that came into the league and really changed the game for an offensive defenseman. Like, you see, I was talking to a couple of guys that, uh, either at hockey or at work. I've just been talking a lot this week with, with uh, hockey news. And mm-hmm. the hands, the skill set, the footwork, everything about this player screams forward. But he's a defenseman, and he right. can lock it down and, and still, you know, be reliable and responsible in his role. Right. Um, the other person I put in the same category as him, it's obviously a tier below, is Adam Fox. Like, you see the shiftiness on yep. the blue line, the deception with, you know, opening the hips up and, and showing left and then cutting back and going right, moving the edges. Um, just Kale McCarr and Adam Fox are two guys that are going to change change the way that uh, people look at defensemen. I think that the first role to go was the fighting role. Where now you you ha- you can still fight in the league, but you need to be able to play right. and be you know a responsible good hockey player. Right. And the next next position to turn into that is going to be defenseman. It's going to be it's great that you can shut it down and make sure that they're not getting by you. But what are you doing offensively when we're in the zone kind of thing? So right. it's gonna be it's gonna be cool to see the the skill gap change on defensemen as well. Um, and also just in general the the stuff that kids are learning. Uh, at such a young age now, they're just learning the game differently and just so much more focus on everything. You need to have every tool in your toolbox uh, to make it to the NHL. Right. It can't just be – you can't be a specialist and do one thing. It's insane. You see, like, these six-year-old, seven-year-old kids just, like, pulling the Michigan like it's mm-hmm. nothing. You're just like these, – these kids are just learning so quick. And you're going to – like, this next generation is just it, – yeah. it's going to be insane. Another thing I brought up, too, was uh, – I think that hitting is not allowed in youth hockey until you're about like 11 or 13, something like that. I think it's yeah, I think it's something like that. So yeah. now these kids are going to be learning to play basically the way that uh, we play in men's league, where like you can do all these dipsy dangles and not have to worry about keeping your head up and getting creamed. And I think in general in the NHL, there aren't as many of those huge, massive collisions now. But you do see a lot of incidental contact, and they're moving so fast that they end up looking like that. So I, I think. Down the line, it's going to affect these kids where I'm not used to getting hit. I'm used to playing, not necessarily with my head down entirely, but with the mindset that I can I can do certain things that I won't be able to do once hitting gets involved. And, right. and that's where it's going to separate, you know, at a certain point, the men from the boys quite literally, right? So 100%. Yeah. I thought it was kind of interesting thing to think about. Yeah. Future of the game. But moving right along, I had some notes on the Calgary and Colorado game the other night. So this is Calgary at Colorado, Lucic versus McDermott. Uh, this fight was awesome. Two heavyweights in uh, in Lucic and McDermott. And obviously Lucic has been around the league quite a bit longer. But this guy just has no fear. Uh, it doesn't matter that he's the older guy in the league. He still holds his own. And just the amount of strategy that went into this fight was insane. The way that they're grabbing each other and set up, Lucic has his left arm up and like grabbing him on the shoulder to block and separate himself from from McDermott and get Mm -hmm. some space. And McDermott is just like uh, timing it right where he's chopping at that left arm to get it to drop and then sending bombs in with the opposite arm. It's it's just like 
you never think about the strategy and stuff that goes into it. You see guys going at it and they're just like wailing away at each yeah. other. But like this was a very like, you know, a mental battle. Um, a lot of jersey jabs, shaking off the elbow pads, and uh, just the balance it takes for those guys to fight like that. I think it was like a 50 second fight, and it just seemed like those guys would be so gassed at the end of it. I feel like you gotta be. Uh, I, I talked about this like way earlier in our podcast that uh, when Sean Thornton left the Bruins. Uh, there was a meet and greet with him, and I got to see him and shake his hand. And when I shook his hand, it was like shaking a boulder, like a like a rock. Yeah. And I can't imagine getting hit in the face with that with his hand, like with his. I I, I could like as soon as I shook his hand, I'm like, God damn. Yeah. Like I I it was like mind boggling. So like yeah, for like. What you said about here with Luchik McDermott uh, strategy, like I, I feel like it, there needs to be some sort of strategy so you don't like absolutely get knocked the fuck out on the ice, you know? Yeah. And get yeah. like concussed or something. So yeah. there's got to be something to like be like, all right, I could take a few hair, but I can't take any more. Yeah, I think another interesting thing about like the size of Thornton's hand, I'd like to see like an X-ray of like an ex-NHL player and just see like what the inside of that hand looks like. Is oh, yeah. is, is it just like sand? Like are his bones just like? crunched up you know what i yeah, mean like right. he probably has so much like not necessarily carpal tunnel issues but just like mm. i don't know just wrist pain like finger pain just joints everything just the abuse that they they put oh, on yeah. those hands i like every time i see a hockey fight too i like <clears throat> they never really take off their helmets and oh, you see like God. these blows to like a hockey helmet and you're like God, that's gonna fucking hurt. Did you ever you know? see the video of the guy that's uh he's giving out like fake beer league advice and he's like <laughs> he's like, Yeah, you gotta get the pliers here, bud. Grab the part of the helmet right here and just fucking twist. You gotta like <laughs> really cut the thing up so when he's beaning you, it just scrapes his hand up real bad and like stabs him. <laughs> like, dude, that's so messed up. Such a good strategy oh, though, dude. <laughs> Such a solid move. Just there like were like three or four other ones, but that's the one that stuck out to me. I was like, Jesus, just dude. Just like the sunglasses underneath the, the cage. Oh yeah, that was great. That's gonna be that's me gonna next be week. Next move. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. You're gonna see me like Green Machine out in Minnesota. <laughs> What's up, you fucking dusters? <laughs> that guy's great. His videos are awesome. Randomly found him and it's just been just wheeling around so with good. hockey tape. Yep. <laughs> uh, moving on from that too, we have the LA Kings. The teammate surprised Drew Doughty with a Sea-Doo at practice for his one thousandth game. Um, how do they get it on the ice? Uh, you know, like where the Zamboni comes in, you can fit a Sea-Doo out that way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, I feel like it's a lot of work. And then you got to surprise him on the ice with a Sea-Doo. And then the team sit there and be like, that's cool for like five, ten minutes. And they're just like, all right, we're going to get this thing off the Yeah, ice. it was funny. Did you see yeah. how I zoomed in on Doughty? Like the look on his face when they took the picture. He was like, geez, thanks. Another depreciating asset. Just what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I think a wave run is fun as shit. But at the same time, just like the way they did it, I'm like, all right, this is, this it, is a lot of work. It's great in like the L.A. market, though. Like L.A., Tampa's huge on like the jet skis. Uh, yeah. So I thought, I thought it was a pretty cool place to see it. It'd be hilarious to see uh, surprising a guy up in like, I don't know. Edmonton with like a, a jet ski or like Calgary out in Calgary. <laughs> hey, we got you a jet ski, bud. Great. There's not an ocean for like 800 miles, but appreciate it. <laughs> Phil Kessel's gonna get the IMS straight. They're gonna surprise him with a sea dew. Be like, thanks. They're gonna get in him the a middle sil- of a fucking desert. Right They're now. gonna get him a silver plated hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know the silver shin pads with the guy that blocked all the shots. He's gonna get a silver hot dog, bud. <laughs> it was like HBO. Was it HBO? It was something. It was Phil Kessel when he was part of uh, the Penguins, and he was talking to 
they're interviewing someone from the Penguins. I can't remember who for life me, but here comes Phil just like in the background. He looks back, goes, Phil, what are you eating? He goes, a chocolate bar. And he goes, yeah, we, I figured. Yeah, yeah. He, he does eat a lot of junk food out here, but like the hot dog thing is so unsubstantiated. But Phil just doesn't engage with any of the media and, like, does not care. It's like, people want to talk shit, that's fine. I don't care. But I think the funniest part of it is just the fact that he almost looks like an everyday average guy. Like, he doesn't look fit and cut up like all the other NHL players that are, like, And is a legend. Yeah, Yeah. but he's nasty, dude. It works. Like, it's like the diet, diet, uh, not diet, Dr. Pepper on the bench, dude. It's just, like, it's, it's an anomaly. It's a one and done. Phil's a special breed. Yeah. We don't give him enough credit for what he can do. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, it, the market that he's in right now is tough, but mm-hmm. uh, I think he got plenty of credit with uh, Pittsburgh, and then I think he got kind of flamed in Toronto, but I think he still did really well in Toronto as well. You know? Yeah. That's funny. Every time we talk about Phil Kessel and hot dogs, well, I think I always think of widest kids you know. We were just like Timmy and the hot dogs. <laughs> he goes, how many hot dogs did you have today? Yeah, if anyone's a Widest Kids You Know fan, you know what I'm talking about. So funny. I feel like there's not a lot of Widest Kids You Know fans around. No, yeah, definitely not. Talk about it. You're like, what's that? I'm like, how do you not know one of the best shows? So many good skits that they didn't know how to finish. Uh, But let's move on uh, to uh, bad news, I guess. Uh, So the Seattle Kraken has the worst goaltending in 25 years with a combined .875 save percentage. The 1995-96 Sharks were the most recent with a .869. Juju and Grubauer are the fourth highest paid goalie tandem in the league, taking up $9.4 million combined. Uh, Grubauer currently has a 3.22 GAA and .887 save percentage in 43 games played. Dreger has a 3.37 GAA and .886 save percentage in 18 games played. Dreger coming from two years with the Panthers, averaging out a 2.05 GAA and a .932 save percentage. And Grubauer coming from the Avalanche with his best season in the NHL statistically with a 1.95 GAA and a .922 save percentage, tying the league lead with seven shutouts and a Vezda Canada finalist. Uh, what is, uh, what's going on? Yeah, I think it's just uh, growing pains. You know, you have a brand new team, brand new organization. You're getting used to all the guys and just uh, two of the best goalies in the league last season. Like, we were like, this is going to be an elite tandem. This is going to be awesome. But I don't know. Defensively, I think it's not there. Trade deadline coming up. Uh, Are you ready to hear what I have in mind to make a trade for the Boston Bruins? I'm interested now. So you never I, talk Bruins. I personally, all right. Before we get into that, I got a Harpoon's <laughs> hometown hat trick here. Charlie Coyle, Matt Grizzlick, and uh, Chris Wagner, all all local guys. So I thought it was a pretty cool can. I picked one up. Thought it was nice. So add that into um, <laughs> Grubauer and Dreger. Personally, I hope that they stay in Seattle, and I think that the the team needs to take time and develop and, and get used to each other. One name that has been brought up a lot on the trade block is Giordano on defense. Bruins could definitely use a nice veteran presence on defense, good for some depth, good for a cup run, and you know lock him down for a couple years. Mm-hmm. On the Bruins' end, Jake DeBrusque is on the trade block. He's on the first line right now, really putting up some good numbers. People are uh, are looking to see him move. Mm-hmm. So I say we're going to pack either Grubauer or Dreger, take your pick, doesn't matter to me, and Giordano, <laughs> and we're going to send out DeBrusque and Omar. And get off, get off never, of that Omar They contract. would fucking never take that. Why not? Well, I, I mean, Chuck a pick and, you know, even it out however you need to, but. Oh, now statistically? Yeah. Because they, they can get out from under a big contract in Grubauer's numbers, and Dreger's making decent money, too. Uh, and they're not performing, so why not try something new in net? 
No, I mean, and that's forward addition in Jake DeBrus that can show that he can produce when he's on a top line with like a Jordan Eberle or Jared McCann and then Mark Giordano to show up the defense on the Bruins. I like where your head's at. I think I'd rather Grubauer than Dreger. Yeah, obviously. I think I would too, but both of them kind of suck. Right now. <laughs> right. Ooh. It's a cool little trade package. Ooh. We'll see. We'll see. I'm hoping that they do some kind of big move for the for the Bruins at the at the deadline. At NHL. Yeah. Tag them. Yeah. At Boston tag Bruins. Em. At Boston Bruins at NHL. I'm gonna clip this, put it on Instagram. All right, cool. Let's see it. Tag them all up and be like, all right, listen. And if it works, we're gonna get hired. Yeah. yeah. Trade trade specialist, trade, trade analyst. Specialist. We're gonna be uh like uh mediators. You know what I mean? We don't work for the team, we don't work for players, we're just we Set it up. Mediums. We're idea guys. <laughs> <laughs> I have an idea. Check this one out. Austin Matthews to the desert for 19 <laughs> first-round picks. You get my first-round picks from 2022 all the way until 2032, <laughs> or 2042, I should say. This guy's so good at his job. I don't God know how damn, he did why it. didn't I think oh, of that? Oh, my God. 19 <laughs> first-round picks? I don't know. I, showed, I love how you brought that up because I showed you the um, – it's Arizona Coyotes fan with a Matthews jersey, Arizona jersey, and I'm like, why? And He's from Arizona, dude. I told you. That's why. And I was like, but why? What do you mean, why? He's from Arizona. But why? Oh, my God. I'm not doing this with you. <laughs> it was like, I don't know. It's just weird to me. It's like, it's like, it's like me wearing like a Bruins jersey, a custom Bruins jersey with like, I don't know, like Jonathan Tavares. He's not from here. Or Keith Yandel. Yeah, that'd be cool. You've, I don't know. I'm, all, I'm I don't, I don't think it, that's. If, if it was a possible landing spot for him, like it's been talked about about Matthews returning home and going to Arizona. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. A Yandel Bruins jersey would be kind of cool. He did play around here. His Every, jersey's up around here. Everyone's different, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that guy's last name is Matthews. It's a pretty common last name. <laughs> the guy that's wearing the jersey, right? <laughs> Maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> he also just happened to pick the number thirty-four. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm at a loss of words for that. Yeah. Nope, I don't know. You got some notes for Jack Eichel's return to Buffalo? Yeah. Perfect. You throw, go ahead. Throwing curveballs into this. Jack Eichel returned to Buffalo with a not-so-warm welcome. Uh, signs like, thanks for nothing, Eichel, with a nice poop emoji. We're bought to the arena. <clears throat> I saw one sign said, eat shit and die. Really? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I wouldn't <laughs> doubt it. Eichel was asked about the crowd, and he said, that's the loudest I've heard this place ever. It only took seven years and me leaving for them to get into it. Which I was like, okay, all right, little little pushback. Yeah, yeah, pushback. Uh, to add to the crowd question and response from Eichel, the Buffalo Sabres have a 45.4% attendance rate this season. The next lowest attendance rate they had was in 2019-2020 season with 90.7%. That's terrible. To put that in numbers, in 2019-20 season, the Sabres had an average of 17,167 fans in attendance. And this season, the average is 8,823. That's brutal. I wonder if COVID has a part to do with it, too, where people are like not willing to go to the games really kind of it could be part of it could be part of it i doubt it for this well for this game uh they had 12,437 fans in attendance for the sabers 3-1 win over vegas uh the sabers are currently seventh in the atlantic and 29th overall in the league that might do be a part of it yeah 100 percent. one fan had a sign too that said hey jack we tried and like i didn't really you know, I didn't. I I didn't really get that sign. Like, no, Buffalo, you, you, you didn't, didn't try. try. You know, the no, ownership you said no. You can't take the surgery you want. Like, 
That's it. You I know what I mean? I didn't like these the fans, just like their reactions and stuff. But just like I- Eichel liked playing there. Yeah. He just yep. wanted the surgery that he knew I, he needed. I know? also think that I think he did like playing there, right? But mm-hmm. using the surgery as a reason to get out of Buffalo is also a great move. Like the second that they're like, you can't have the surgery you want, and now you're like, well, now I can get the well, fuck out of here. Like out. we're yeah. we're not looking great either. So like now I can go on the market and eventually get what I want to do. Right. So they kind of like forced his hand in that sense, right. but it, it is beneficial to him too. One little note on the game that I thought was awesome to see too. Alex Tuck and Peyton Krebs both scored in the 3-1 to one win, and both players were included in the Eichel trade. So wow, pretty interesting to see, yeah. So Eichel, Eichel did nothing in the sense of like getting on the game sheet, but both the guys on the other end of the trade did. Uh, he was up there in uh, time on ice, though. I think it was like 17 minutes, 50 seconds. Ooh, no, I'm just kidding. Ooh, <laughs> he had like two shots on net. But I don't know. You you just you literally just got back. You know, it's, yeah. it's gonna take a little while. One, hold on. Let, add to that. One, he just got back from surgery. Two, to a brand new team, by the way. And at three, we're gonna talk about Seattle Kraken. We're just figuring things out. You know. Yeah, so, he's not doing that bad though. He's twelve games played. He's got eight points, four goals, four yep. assists. So he's he's still you yep. know Give fitting him some in, time. Fitting in pretty nice. He's got to learn his line mates and shit too. But, so yeah, I'm glad he got what he needed. Um, yeah, me too, man. For real. I don't know. It, it 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 just it is what it is. I'm sure Eichel has been there for so long, seven years. I'm sure there's be some hate, you know. I don't know. It is what it is. It, it kind of reminds me of the John Tavares situation when he left Long Island and uh, he says like I want to be here and then just leaves. You and know, just I mean? leaves. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I don't know. We don't have to get into it. We don't have to get into it. But we'll get into another player here too. Uh, Florida's Jonathan Huberdo this season has. Hold on, I want to go back to that. Jonathan Hubie Doobie Doo. I love that. Do you yeah. hate it? I'm glad that you went back to that because I fucking hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thank God he didn't do it. And then I, you're like, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I only do things you hate. This season has 63. 63- no, I love you. <laughs> this season he has 63 assists so far, which is the most in one season in franchise history. Next to him in second is Alexander Barkov with 317. Huberdeau is actually leading team franchise records in multiple categories. He leads the franchise in points with 580, even strength goals with 142. He has a plus-minus of 55.7, goals created with 207, and is third in franchise history with 186 goals. Two goals below Ollie Joe. Ollie Jolly Okunen is what I wanted to say with 188, and Barkov <laughs> leads it with 207. Sorry, 207 goals. He's currently making 5.9 mil a year. It will be a UFA at the end of next season. To add more to this, Sam Reinhart leads the league in points with 57. The season has been his best season in the NHL since be, uh, since he left the Sabres in 2014 at, when he entered the league. Um, Sam Reinhart's huge. That's Sam awesome. Reinhart is massive. And the more you look into the players, uh, the roster for the Florida Panthers, you're like, okay, this is how they become number one in the league. You know? Yeah, man, for sure. Holy for sure. shit. Um 58 games in already this season. He's played every single one. 24 games left in the season. He actually did get another assist, uh, so he's got 64 assists now. Uh, right. Definitely an assist guy looking at his stats, 18 and 64, 20, 41, 23, 55. So he's putting in about a third as many goals as he has uh, assists, but that's that's still huge. I mean, if you think about it when it comes to assists, for every one goal there can be two assists. So mm-hmm. um, that, But it's just the point production is unreal. Uh, 64 assists in one season is massive. Man. I can't believe how many – like that – there was like stats on there that he like he's like number one in that like I don't really understand, but 
he's like up there and yeah. it's kind of insane to see because like you get to see like the other like nine players that are on that list and you're like damn he's beating like top brass guys you know like, yeah and he's matched up against them too so he's on the ice against the top players in the league right. too you know so holy shit be on the lookout for Florida Panthers I was a huge Florida Panthers uh earlier in the podcast when they were in the uh when they were in the playoffs I want the Florida Panthers to just keep 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 going and uh, we might get that this season, you think? Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just they're getting they're getting more out of guys that they shouldn't. Like Sam Reinhardt's on a line with uh, Marchman and Lou, Lou Starnin, and I've never even heard of that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Barkov, Verhage, and Mammon on the top line, and then Bennett, Huberto, and Duclair. Like, it's just like, it's asinine. It's like, where is this coming from? Like, mm-hmm. they're, they're just such a well-coached and, like, great team, honestly. It's nuts. It's crazy to see. All right. Um, well, moving right along, I got a quick little snippet here, too. I like the little fun stuff to mix them in here. So uh, mm-hmm. New York Islanders game, uh, someone posted a screenshot of, like, it looked like the Game Time app where you could buy buy tickets. $3 nosebleed seats for sale, which is insane. I've never seen a ticket that low. No. Um, guarantee you that the after the fees and everything, it's like 33 bucks. But yeah, the, probably. Fees, the fees suck, man. The fees are just like a scam, just an easy way to get our, get our money for free. Uh, three bucks is insane, and a hot dog at Madison Square Garden for the New York Rangers is thirteen dollars. So you go to four Rangers, you can go to four Islanders game, or you can have a hot dog at Madison Square Garden. Take your, your pick, your choice, your choice. I know which one I'm choosing. Three dollars, kind of hungry. Three dollars for nosebleeds is insane. When the Bruins are absolute trash back in like 2006, 2007, they're like one of the worst teams in the league. I used to go to the, I used to go to the games all the time. Because they had $10 nosebleeds, and you'd go up there and sit there for, like, five minutes and look to see. Look, like, I used to get glass seats all the time. I used to look to see, like, oh, who's who's didn't take their seat. And then, like, I would just go back down. And then I remember the game, they uh, lost to Toronto fucking 10-2. to And I'm like, all right. <laughs> Here you go. That's why. This is why. This is why um, I wanted to get glass seats. One little note I had, too, which was funny, the um – Three dollar no, three dollar nose, please. It's just, it's just insane. insane. I just, I can't. I, I don't, I don't have another note. I can't get past that. How shit faced would you be with one of those games? Makes you think about, uh, about Buffalo though. Like if they have a forty five percent sellout fee, like yeah. how cheap those tickets must get down to, you know? Jesus, nuts. How um, cheap are those Arizona Coyotes tickets going to be next season? They're going to be expensive if you think about it because they're going from a stadium that seats 18,000 and cutting that less than a third to oh, 5,000. Yeah, right. So I think they're going to be up, and I think visiting fans are hopefully going to flood the arena in the sense that I can go to Arizona, have like the most personal experience with this game. You know what I mean? And be very close to the glass in the sense of like there's not a bad seat in the house, hopefully. Yeah. I don't know what the arena really looks like. Yeah. Um, and maybe even, like, you know, bump into the players because there's a third less people. Things like that, you know? Uh, it'd be kind of cool to fly out for an Arizona that game. Might, that right? might bring in fans just yeah. to see that, just yeah. in general. And, I mean, maybe you jack up the ticket prices because of it, yeah. you know? Make some more money when you can. Yeah. Um, we did have an interesting Andrew Raycar- Raycroft tweet that I wanted to ask your opinion on. Um, so he tweets out this week, Andrew Hammond and Thomas Noshik got tribute videos this week in the NHL. Enough is enough. Uh, what do you think? What's your opinion on that? I love what you said last week or the week before when we talked about Andrew Raycroft where he just says shit just for people to talk No, about. that's Sean Avery, but it seems like Raycroft's it getting on board, Raycroft's too. Raycroft's getting on board, He's too. doing the same shit, yeah. Yep. And I think we're, we're seeing that now, and I'm just like, all right, Raycroft, uh, calm down. Do you, do you agree or you don't agree? With Waycroft and him being mad? In the sense that, like, we're giving tribute videos for players that don't deserve them. 
Yeah, no. I, I thought, I always thought tribute videos were just like for special players. Like, Mark Andre Flory had a nice tribute video when he came. His that's first huge. Game. That's like the biggest return. See, that's you what, what I mean? saying. That makes sense. So, like, that's what he's mad about is right. the guys so that like should be getting Right. Uh, so he's not talking about statistically. He's just talking about just, like, random players getting... Yeah, he's saying, like, tribute videos should be for, like, the Mark andre Fleury's, but to give one to a Thomas Noshik, like, what the fuck? You oh, I thought you were talking about, like, uh, statistically. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm I'm on board with Andrew, Ray, uh, Andrew Raycroft because, um, yeah, I mean, it just... Uh, a tribute video just adds to a player, like, say, say Bergeron has been with the team for uh, how long? But that's... Like, yeah, yeah, you're getting it, but you're not. Like, this is, like... This is like a Nola Chari coming back to Boston for the first time, where he's been with the team for four or five seasons. He was he was a, a in the lineup. He wasn't great. It's only great. But now he's in Florida and his first game back to Boston. We do a tribute video. Tribute video, yeah. That's what I mean. That's what he's looking at. The guys that's like, oh, right, do you really need to do this. this? Down, yeah, yeah. That, that's what he's saying. And the best reply to me though, like what someone fucking commented was like, "Who the fuck is Andrew Raycroft?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so good, so good. Because all these, all these accounts, they want interaction with fans. It's great. They put up an Instagram, and they'll put up a post like this, and just put the caption as thoughts with a question mark, so that it's it's an open floor, and they do get fan interaction because of it, so everyone can voice their opinion and stuff. Yeah. But like, I was like, that's fucking gold, just to <laughs> dust them like that. Like, what do you guys think about this guy's opinion? Who? Who? <laughs> Who's this guy? I mean, we were Funny. saying that to Sean Avery too. Like, uh, who are you? Yeah, no shit. But another guy has been kind of quiet on uh, social media ever since. Yeah, I think he he made up some stuff that he was like missing the family and ended up wanted to go back to New York and, and be with his daughter and stuff, which is fine. But it's like, dude, this is a big PR stunt and everyone knows it. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And 100%. he's still calling out like George LaRock and I think it's Matt Barnaby and saying like they're way oh, out yeah, of shape that's and right. shit. Yep. He's still like, I'll still fucking wipe the floor with you. Can't stand him at it's all. Fucking hilarious. Polarizing figure. But mm -hmm. moving right along, Washington's uh, o Alexander Ovechkin is actually forced to use a new stick after the CCM announcement of not using Russian players in their ads. And it's the first time he's made a switch in three seasons. So he had to play with a completely new stick, and he hasn't used anything other than CCM in that long. Isn't that crazy? It's nuts. I feel like for a pro, uh, it would it would kind of mess with me a little bit in the sense that, like, this is what I'm used to, and now I have to completely learn a new stick, like at the drop of a hat. You oh, know, like 100%. the second that they say it, I'm done. That's like that's like how we talked about uh, Dustin Tokarski, where just like he only uses like wood sticks, and mm. they fucking like won't. They like companies just won't make it for him. And yeah, he goes like, nope, I'm just this, this is what I use, and that's like forcing Dustin Tokarski to use a composite or something. You know? Yeah. Yep. Hundred percent. But uh, it did not stop Alex Ovechkin from scoring a goal again. So. What else is new? We actually saw, uh, like, two minutes ago, he was going to score a goal to take third in, in points. We weren't going to talk about it, but hilarious. The puck is, like, it goes off the post, and it's, like, heading in. It's going to go in if no one touches it, and it's, like, on the goal line. And I think it's Kuznetsov, like, lays out and taps it, like, the littlest <laughs> bit and steals it from him so he didn't get his fucking third all time. The announcers didn't know, so they're all celebrating that. Yeah. Like, oh, he just passed yard. I'm like, nope. So funny. It's kind of messed up that he laid out and did that. But... To be fair, the, the defenseman was right there. Like he could have cleared the puck out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right. A little, uh, little funny thing too. Did you see Columbus Blue Jackets Elvis Merzlikens jumping over his own player? Oh, uh, talking about the, uh, versus the Bruins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the player comes sliding in on. Uh, it, he's basically uh, playing defense on Marshawn and and gets tripped up, and he goes like into the crease, goes under him, and Merzlikens has like a four foot vertical. Like mm -hmm. it almost looks like his pads are like butterflied on top of the net from one angle, and then he comes back down like. We saw it a few years ago with another goalie, but I'm like, dude, that's that's wild. That's so, very athletic. 
very athletic. Actually, after I saw that, I went back to see uh, the videos where I originally found Elvis Mozlikens, and it was like the 10D 10D um, a YouTube channel that I found him in. And the training they do for those Euro goalies, the Finnish, the Swedish, the the Russian goal is just it's just insane. Like they're doing like they're rolling around on the ice. They're doing what Elvis did, by the way. They're jumping up and down and just crazy shit. And I'm like, wow, this is insane. And then you got to see it like in action with uh, Elvis jumping over. That's such a risky move, though. Like if that player ends up clipping like even the tiniest bit of his skate, he's coming straight down onto like you know his chest, his arms, his head. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's kind of bold. Like you could always like. I don't know, like kind of like drop and brace it a little bit or like get out a little bit. I think it's different you know? with the NHL guys where just like yeah. there's three guys that are like 250 pounds just like coming in on me. Yeah, you know? yeah, and how fast they're moving, you right. know. Yeah. It's, it, it's just probably a split. Yeah, split, split second. second. This is the best decision. thing I can do right yeah. now for sure. Just like Alex Nedeljkovic. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> Throwing in his own net. Yeah, that was messed up. That was fucked. Uh, Edmonton, the Oilers' helmets have a Ukrainian national flag sticker on them for the game against the Capitals. Uh, Edmonton has a huge population of uh, Ukrainian citizens there. Um, so I, I thought it was pretty interesting to see. They gave a pretty unwelcome, uh, they wrote, what, what did I say? Unwelcome. Unwelcome. Welcome. That, that, that's not what I said, something but like that. something like that. I'm something fucking like it that. up. Yep. To Alex Ovechkin and, and the Capitals, who have four Russian players. Uh, so I, I thought it was just kind of interesting to see. Um, very night and day compared to what the Capitals are now used to in their home arena where there are no Ukrainian or Russian flags and signs allowed and uh, very warm embrace for Ukrainian, uh, you know, Ukrainian humanitarian right. efforts in Edmonton. So um, they're even still doing the Ukrainian national anthems and everything. So that's cool. Just thought it was kind of interesting. I, I noticed the one sticker on Hyman's hat and I was like, I wonder if it's just him. And it was a, a bunch of I think it might have been the whole team, but definitely at least two or three players. So. Another high uh, Ukrainian, uh, uh, Canadian, shit. They don't call it state up there. What do they call it? Province, right? Province, yeah. yep. Uh, that was Winnipeg that was high Ukrainian uh, population, and now uh, we're seeing Edmonton has it too. So it's cool that they're coming out all in support of it too. Yeah, 100%. So mm -hmm. that was interesting. Um, so we're going to move on to, you know, outside of the NHL news. Uh, one quick little snippet I have here. The Premier Hockey Federation, Willie O'Ree, has joined the ownership group of the Boston Pride. That was cool. Yeah, I thought that was awesome to see. A big move for him after, uh, you know, he's been in the headlines for, I feel like, two years now with uh, a COVID delay of his jersey going to the rafters. And now uh, he finally got his number retired about a month ago. And, uh, yeah, staying in the headlines. But it should, it should be great for the game to grow. Well, 100%. Uh, you got some notes on the Czech League for Yager's Prague game? Oh, yeah. Yaromir Yager, our, uh, our boy here. Our yeah. Lad. yeah. I wish he played. Well, he did play for Boston. He played for like 18 different teams. He was only here for a little bit, but like, think about the Boston a accent. Yamir Yager. Now spell that, right? Yamir Yager. Y A M I R Y A G A. Yamir Yager. And just like in Boston fashion, too, just like one of the best plays this game has seen. Like almost instantly when y Yaga played for the Boston Bruins, there were shirts out for Yaga bump Yaga bumps. Oh, that's awesome! Remember that? That's great. Yep, yep. I'm like, you guys are all alcoholics, and by you guys, I mean all of us. <laughs> <laughs> by you guys, I mean we guys. I mean we guys. <laughs> I am in on that. Uh, so Yarmy Yager announced that he's moving his Clad sorry Cladnose team season finale from a 5,000 seat venue to an 18,000 seat venue at Prague's O2 Arena. 
to help raise money for Ukraine refugees in the Czech Republic. All ticket purchases will go toward Ukraine. He's so far received $68,000 in donations uh, towards his fundraising game in Prague, which is awesome to see. I think that's actually gone up uh, since today. Yeah, so that 68000 number isn't the total number. That was directly from the NHL and Gary Bettman. Okay. They donated that amount in honor of his number 68. Oh, and wow. that was just an on-top donation for... You know, on top of the ticket sales and anything else that they make. So I thought that was awesome for the NHL to jump in and, and support him. Another leg move by Yarmie Yager. Yeah. Just unbelievable. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Gotta love him. How do you hate him? Yeah. I don't I don't really know anyone that does, you know? No. My name's Yarmie Yager. My favorite player is Yarmie Yager. Yager. <laughs> right? <laughs> Even Yarmie loves Yarmie. <laughs> How do you hate him? <laughs> Do you have uh, notes on the OHL Flint Firebirds? The president of Hockey Ops was actually expelled from the league. So there's no... Uh, oh, actually, if you want to keep talking, I have his name here, too. Um, oh, no. I had his name. I didn't write it down, though. I'm stupid. No, that's fine. No oh, worries. no, sorry. His name's uh, Terry Christensen. Uh, yeah, he was uh, removed because he violated the league's harassment and abuse in diversity policy. Uh, they didn't really have much information on what he did. All I know is uh, they said it was a racial uh, remark toward a player. And, Jesus. Uh, and, uh, yeah. See you, bud. So, That's fucked up. Uh, this story just happened yesterday, two days ago. So probably by next podcast, next recording, we might have uh, some more information on uh, what the Flint Firebirds <sighs> – move is from now on that's a big move too president of hockey operations and it's not like they ate it's not like the nhl were just like dude it's just guys like jumping in for that role which yeah. is like i don't know what i don't know what you would do in that situation uh, yeah that is uh that is interesting but fuck that guy if that's the case if right. that's true you know um so yeah i mean I don't know. Yeah, whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> the Minnesota High School Hockey State Tournament is kicking off, and the My Chemical Flomance is in full effect. Uh, we had some weirdo-looking dude looking like Ben Franklin with the uh, <laughs> the skullet, dude. He had, like, all of here shaved and then, like, just wicked flow down the back, like, not even lined up nice. I don't know. It's odd to me. Like, I, I, I like the guys that have, like, nice hair and do something nice with it, but the guys that show up with, like, just, like, Fuck me up, fam. Haircut. Like, <laughs> what are we doing here? You what know what I mean? <laughs> um, you but, just stuck like that. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah, like, right. <laughs> well, we'll go. It will grow back. We hope. Yeah. But, uh, Alex Bumps, a player that's uh, in this tournament, he had a four-goal game to send his team to the tournament uh, finals, held at the XL Energy Center, where eighteen thousand plus fans will attend. Uh, will attend, and people actually scalp tickets for this event. Imagine like high playing school. in a high school tournament where people are scalping tickets. It's nuts, it's insane. It's awesome, man. It's so cool to see people go wild. There's like players standing on the boards, like reaching over the glass, celebrating when they score. Like it's awesome, dude. It's so cool to see. Minnesota's huge. There's this team from Minnesota that has a YouTube channel, and I can't remember uh, its name for life of me, but. I was watching a uh, video of them uh, talking to a player from Minnesota. And they were asking, like, you know, what it's like to grow up in Minnesota. And just, like, I don't know, the norm for every kid, like, literally every kid in Minnesota is, like, go to school, go to hockey practice, do homework, go to bed. It's just that's all they do. Yeah. So it's just it's just so big there. Like, It's probably hours. go to hockey practice, go to school, go to hockey practice, like two-a-days. Yeah. Kind of like football, you know. Nuts. Ugh. And it's so cold out there. Like, you can play – all the time because it's negative 30 the pond oh, yeah. frozen you know they're just, they're just so used to it brutal um but yeah i, I think that's that's so fun that's, to watch that's just, yeah, it's great that's, for that's the kids cool shit. high school event yeah 
I, I, I guarantee you it's one of those events where I think it happens a lot. Uh, I, I think especially more so this year, um, post, I don't know if I say post-COVID. But post, oh, it's going like to be the, huge, yeah. Well, it's going to be yeah. massive. Yep. That's awesome. I didn't think of that. Yep. A uh, little side note for college hockey, too. Omaha versus North Dakota. This was kind of wild, like really unexpected out of the blue. Every account was posting videos of it. A fan throws a fish on the ice during a game, and a mini Zamboni comes out, which, like, it's almost like me sitting in this office chair, but, like, put a Zamboni around me. That's how small this thing is. Uh, it comes out with an Omaha uh, college flag and a fishnet, and the Zamboni driver comes in, does a 180, scoops up the fish, and does a sick wheelie on the way out. It was, like, <laughs> the most absurd thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, what is this? I need one. <laughs> those are, Yeah, those are cool as shit. Speaking of fish, though, uh, off topic, well, same on topic with this, uh, we finally got our answer to Pecorine, by the way, this week. Yeah, he almost beaned some reporter or, like... Was it, a, it was a fish, right? Yeah. He threw a fish and almost beaned someone in the... Like, it was probably a catfish, uh, I would some, think. Someone, like, right in the head. Yeah. She but, ducked and, like, barely missed it. He's like, oh, my bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, original, the original photo or video you sent was him throwing the fish and then him freaking out. And we're like... Yeah, you didn't see the other angle. You didn't see the other angle, yeah. My buddy has a uh, a cooler that he brought to the games when I was playing men's league regularly, and it was like a Zamboni. Yeah, yeah. dude. You've seen those? They're hilarious. Those are awesome. There's like decked out ones that have like a speaker and all this other shit, too. I thought Mm -hmm. it was funny. Um, All right, man. These are all you. Yeah, we're going to bounce around to some random-ass news. Uh, I'm going to start with the PLL first, Premier Lacrosse League. Schedule's been announced this year. The All-Star Game's going to be held in Boston as well as the first round of playoffs. So if anyone around here is interested in that, there's also, if anyone likes rugby, um, this team called the the Free Jacks. They used to be down in Abington on Route 18 um, with the the Boston Cannons moving to the PLL. That left Veteran Memorial Stadium open for a new home team. So that Free Jacks rugby team is going to be playing there now, and uh, that's in Quincy. Um, and it's kind of nuts because the city of Quincy paid so much money for that contract with the the Cannons, and oh, really? that, then they got bounced, and uh, the MLL folded, and then they moved to the PLL. So at least they're finding something to do with it, and hopefully the Free Jacks can kick it off. There's actually a uh, IPA from Baxter that is in honor of the rugby team too, which is pretty cool. Hmm, nice. See if I can snag a can of that, but... That's that one. Um, <laughs> we have in the NFL, this is some crazy news, too. I, I want your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley, a wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons, has been caught betting on games. Uh, definitely a terrible look for the league, and it'll be cracked down on, I think, across all of the major sports leagues. They're going to be looking into it a lot. Uh, word right now is that he's been laying parlays across a ton of games in the NFL. So for those of you that don't really gamble on sports, a parlay is – you pick like six or seven different things to happen across different games. It can be this team wins, this team puts up X amount of points, the over, the under, and you pick like five or six different bets. If all of them hit, you get a massive payout. So this guy makes millions, and like part of the the give up, I mean, you get so many benefits for being a professional athlete, obviously. Part of the things that you give up, one like the f- number one thing is gambling. Like when it comes to betting on your own league, your own games, I think you're probably okay to bet on other sports leagues, but at the same time, probably not because if you have connections, like oh, you know what I mean, my my buddy, you know, on on the I don't know the the Nashville Predators, like I'll text him like, hey, put up a pizza tonight up the middle, make sure right. they get a fucking extra goal or mm-hmm. some shit, you know, right. don't score that empty netter. I need it to be under five and a half kind of thing. So maybe maybe they're completely banned, but. Definitely in your own league, not allowed. And uh, what do you think this is going to mean for, you know, the other leagues? I don't know. You, you, you said this, and then the first thing I thought of was Evander Kane. Like, it's, like, 
has he done it? You he know? hasn't. I mean, they did like a huge investigation into it, which I is good. Think he doesn't you know? have it. No, I mean he's be- he's gambling, but uh, there's no signs that he's betting on sports at least. Right. It, it just it, it shouldn't happen. It, it... I showed you a compilation that someone made too. There's like there's no way this guy wasn't in deep with Vegas. He's like got a free break to the end zone and ends up like cutting left and just like getting caught by defenders. It's like weird clips, man. But weird like clips, shit happens. Like may- maybe it's not the case. You know, maybe it's right. Not uh, correlated, but I was like, "This is this is fucking weird to see." I would like to know how much money he made off of it. Yeah, I mean, most gamblers are in the hole for like way, way too much. Too like much, yeah. once you start, like if you hit big, it's you're, you're maybe back to square one at best, you know. But I don't know. I, really, I it's hard to have an opinion on this. Yeah. Like, I don't know. People have gambling problems, and yeah. if you have a gambling problem and you're in, uh. And you're in like professional sports where you're making millions and millions of dollars that you can just keep betting, and you're just like, I can win money if yeah. I do this, you know? I don't know. You can bet on yourself almost, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of interesting, and be right. like, yeah, I am gonna get 200 yards this game, right? But you, at the, it almost translates over to the stock market where. You could have insider information because I work for this company, so I'm not allowed to buy my own stock because I know that. Like, we're doing this in the next quarter, and that's what's going to boost our stock. This guy will know the game plan going in advance. If I'm going to be starting and I'm going to be getting X amount of yards or X amount of looks, like, I can make this bet happen. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, just weird. Just interesting to see and and something to think about, you know? Yeah. Huh. But, yeah. Um, Last thing I have here is a little more Russia news, kind of. Uh, Chelsea FC in the Premier League in uh, the U.K., uh, their owner is actually a Russian oligarch, is what they're calling them. That's kind of like a, a monopoly man, but an oligarchy man instead. Um, he he's basically just a billionaire, and he owns Chelsea FC, which is a UK team. Uh, they've had to put sanctions on him because of all of the political stuff that's going on. Uh, it's been very interesting to see how much it has affected the league and the fan base. Be- in the players because of him just being a Russian billionaire. Yeah. Um, so the sanctions, I looked into them a little bit. I don't have all of the details, but include that he's not allowed to attend the games. Season ticket holders are allowed to go to the games, but they aren't allowed to sell any more merchandise right now. They can't sell more tickets to the game. So only season ticket holders can go. Damn. Other fans can't go. Um, he gets no portion of any, uh, any other kind of sales from the league right now. Um, there was a ton of other stuff, but I was like, dude, they are like whacking this guy big time. And it's all just to impact a Russian, Russian. economy. You yeah. know, it, it's, it was very interesting to see. So, um, yeah, the club is allowed to continue playing its match, playing its matches, but they have to undertake quote, reasonable travel costs up to a maximum of 20,000. So the entire soccer team, which is probably consistent of 50 guys on or probably like 40 guys on the team. And then plus their, their equipment managers, blah, blah, blah. So let's call it like 80 guys, to be fair. Um, they are All 80 of those guys have to travel on planes or however and spend only $20,000, where they're used to taking a private jet, going wherever they want. They'll probably be flying fucking economy. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, but it's just only season ticket holders are allowed to go, which is wild to me. Wow. Uh, they're not allowed to transfer or loan players. Broadcast and prize money has been frozen. They can't sign any new contracts with new players. They can't move any players. They can't do anything like... It's just wild, man. Some staff were laid off. Like, wow. Yeah, it's nuts. That's it's nuts, nuts dude. Dude, uh, it's just insane how quick 
everything with this whole Ukraine Russia thing. Yeah, it's just it, it's the the Swift program got shut shut down. That's like their banking assist system in Russia. Uh, Discord and Spotify. I think Netflix all Netflix cut their all services. Cut, McDonald's. I would the, be the, miserable out. if I was a Russian dude. I'd be yeah. like, what am I doing? Like, a cup of coffee costs a month month salary. And this there's, there's a there's a video I saw of a Russian mall, and uh, the money's mm. called Ruples. And I thought I saw something that was like two American dollars is the equivalent of like over a million ruples now. Like that's how shit their money yeah, is. Yeah. And someone was on like the second floor of the mall just tossing money just to show like how pointless it is now. Yeah, it's wild. It's to like think it's about, insane dude. how quick like the economy he's, just crushed. He's gonna now. regret that once this is like all said and done and the economy goes back to normal. He's like, fuck, they go to all my money. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we were saying. Like, I was in the comment section of like, uh, I wouldn't do that, you know? Just like, yeah. I don't at least, know. At least hold on to it, maybe. Like, put it under your mattress for a bit. <laughs> I was thinking as an American, just like, since it's like worth so little now, just like buy as much rubles as you can. So when it goes back, just turn it all in. Yeah, it, my my brain is, the, the hamster's running on the wheel right now trying to figure <laughs> that out. Because like, if you were to buy 100 million rubles for- Two dollars for like yeah, for a two million bucks. And then it goes back up. Now I have 100 million rubles. Now I have 100 million rubles. And now you can transfer it to uh, American currency. Yeah, but then the U.S. tells you you're deported because you're supporting the (laughs) Russian economy for buying 100 million rubles. You only spent two bucks. You're like, fuck. Oh, man, I didn't even think about that. Can you even get Russian rubles now? I bet you could, yeah. I think the currency stopped that? I mean, you can just go to the Russian mall and pick one up, right? Hey, I'm here to buy a million rubles. Here you go. Just take it. (laughs) (laughs) That's how the bank works now. Oh, man. man. Play money. All right. I can bet on myself. I can bet on this podcast. Yeah, so happy St. Patrick's Day to all the listeners. Uh, This is going to be dropping for you guys on Monday. St. Patrick's Day is Thursday. Don't forget. It's going to be all weekend long for me because I'm an animal. Um, Yeah, let's trade deadline. We'll probably cover next week, so that'll be cool. There'll be a lot of moves around the league. We'll see uh, Grubauer on the Bruins and DeBrusque on the – and Allmark on the uh, Kraken probably. So that's my insider knowledge right there. It'd be funny if you called that. You've called a few things. That No, that one's, like, out of my ass, dude. But, like, <laughs> that would be wild if I called, like, exactly the trade, like, Rubauer and Giordano, all Mark DeBruskin picks to make it even. That would be wild. I doubt you, it. I doubt it. You, I I think that they like Olmark and Swayman as their one and two, but personally I'd rather see them get something else. We'll see what happens. Yeah, because I think the Olmark sign had a lot to do with, with Tuka Rask Tuka coming Rask, back, and now yep. he's done. So maybe they will go in a different direction. Maybe they won't. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe the points are made up and the rules don't matter. You watch whose line is it anyways? It's a good show. <laughs> Drew Carey, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Welcome it's, to whose line is it anyways, where the points are made up and the rules don't matter. It's funny that you brought up Drew Carey. Um, I go to the gym in the morning, and on the TVs they have like those er, – like mid-morning shows so you're just like who the hell watches this judge judy judge judy they had um maury <laughs> it's like a game show and drew carey now like hosted yeah i forget which one he does but yeah it's one of the big ones like he wheel looks, of fortune family feud he looks good right he looks so different yeah he lost a lot of weight he's got like this like gray beard going like, yeah yeah yeah, do, yeah like who the hell's that guy and finally drew carey but it's just so funny seeing like the people in that show and just like you watch this? Like, you have to be a fan to be on that show. Just like, yeah. what What do you do all day? Do you work? Dude, I fucking love Steve Harvey, too, because he's on uh, Family Feud. He's so funny. I love him. I love the clips of him. Yeah. I think I mentioned it before, too. I, I love Snoop Dogg and Shaq quite a bit, mm-hmm. but those guys whore themselves out, dude. Mm-hmm. They're, they're on everything. Corona. Steve Harvey's just hanging out. You yeah. Know? 
He's just mm. bowling, dude. That guy's the man. I wonder how much he's making. He's probably making great money. Family I'm Feud pays I'm a deep dive. pretty fucking well. Net worth. Check out the net worth, dude. Oof. All right, next week, Steve Harvey, Shaq, Snoop Dogg, all three of them. I want to see their net worths. All three of them. Making a mental note. Yep. So that we can cry on the We're podcast. doing a deep dive on Steve Harvey and <laughs> Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Welcome to the Post to Post podcast, folks. What do we got? I don't want to talk about it. Right, I have SoCo Caramel. All right. So last week, it was just me, by the way. Yeah. I actually, for the listeners too, I'm going to jump in. 20 minutes after we finished recording, I went upstairs and uked. Like, <laughs> like miserable, miserable. My Saturday was ruined. I just slept all day. But I was so glad that it was one and done, and I was, like, set. You... I was miserable. You were loud as hell, by the way. It's like I'm like Steve-O from Jackass, the way like he pukes. There was like Satan like, coming out of your body. Yeah. It was insane. I'm a loud puker. You're a loud go. But last week, I did four loco pregame lemonade. And this week, I was going through to see what you had, and I found out that you have the last one, which is four loco pregame sour peach. And I am not a sour guy whatsoever. It's not... I don't know how to describe it. It's more, I guess it is sour, but it's not like going to make you pucker like a warhead. Oh, okay. But it's like the sour flavor. Uh, once you finish that one, let me know because I have a store that sells the sour blue Raz, and I think that's the best of the three, and I'll grab you one of those so you can have that too. <laughs> yeah, you can be a Four loco guy. Cool Four loco guy. I'm going to grab you a Four loco too to drink on the show one week. We should do a Four loco night. I've never, done, it a, happen. I've never done a Four loco. They don't have so. the caffeine in it anymore, so you won't die. Oh, that's good. You'll die tomorrow when you're hungover, but you won't die like... I don't get hungover. Yeah, that's the weirdest thing in the world to me. I could get shit-faced right now, wake up in six hours and go to the gym. It's disgusting. <laughs> oh. All right, Soko Caramel. All right, pregame sour, sour peach. peach. Let's do it. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Feels good to be back. My Iron Man streak is snapped. So the craziest thing in both these is... Dude, that's not a shot. You need more of that. Thank you. That's good. <laughs> uh, oh, man, alive. Uh, so... Craziest thing about those? What? You, you were going to say something, the craziest thing about those? <clears throat> it's like, you know, we take a shot... Or just drink or just eat anything and, like, there's just one flavor to it. This hits you in, like, three different ra- ways. Like, this one hit where I just, like, oh, I taste the peach. Not that bad. And then, like, the sour hits. And then the alcohol hits. And then all of a sudden, just, like, it all mixes. Like, it, it's, it's a fucking adventure when you when you hit, hit this. And I'm like, I don't want to do this again. You should be a salesman. Uh, you drop that last line, you should be a salesman. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fucking adventure. It's an you adventure. Know, in a... Half pint. Yeah, there we go. Four loco. It is an adventure. Non-paid promo. Only free ads on this show. Yeah, only only free ads. Don't don't do it. Just unless four loco pays me. But don't do it. Oh fuck me. No. You want to call us out? Yeah. Thanks everyone for listening. If there's anything you want to see us cover next episode, let us know. Our links are in the description, and we'll see you all next week. Peace. Bye guys. <laughs>